The text for our sermon this morning is from the gospel reading just read, but also the words of encouragement that St. Paul wrote to the Romans. John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. And also from Romans 15, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. God's grace, peace, and mercy be unto you from Christ our Savior. Amen. You may be seated. Swimming holes in Texas on a hot summer day is a godsend. However, get too comfortable around water, whether it be a pond, a lake, or even the ocean. Get too comfortable and it can become a grave in no time flat. My grandfather had a brother, Uncle Ben. One hot summer day, Uncle Ben was jumping off a rock ledge into a very familiar watering hole one summer. He jumped into the water that day after knowing the water very well, but Uncle Ben jumped in the water and he never resurfaced. A few days later, they found his body, and to this day, we still don't know what happened. Let your guard down, and water can become a grave. Getting too comfortable can be dangerous. Our gospel reading today takes us to the banks of the Jordan River, a river that was very familiar to Jesus' people, a river with a history as long, as wide, and as deep as any ocean. A familiar river, but today we hear there was an unfamiliar voice calling people to repentance, a new voice, a voice that was new, but not a voice unexpected. As we heard Isaiah saying, one would come in the wilderness to preach. A word of warning not to get too comfortable with sin. Because like water, sin, when we get comfortable with it, will absolutely become a dark, deep grave. A grave where your body will never be recovered from. So what did John the Baptist hope the Pharisees and Sadducees would do after he rebuked them for coming out to him? You brood of vipers, he said. They were coming out to him, and he still had a word of rebuke to them. What do you think John the Baptist expected them to do after hearing that? The same thing that God would hope for you and me. Repentance and faith. Because the same one who was the hope for the scribes and Pharisees and all those people at the Jordan is also your hope today and every day until he returns. That Christ Jesus saves us from sin. He saves us from certain death and saves us from eternal death. It's an interesting way to greet people who've come out to hear you preach. It wasn't enough that John wore strange liturgical garments, much like I do, but his robe was camel's hair. His garments were not what you saw at all the department stores in Jerusalem. 
Camel's hair was not silk. In fact, it was quite the opposite. It was rough. It was hard. It was not comfortable at all. His vestments taught something that he'd hoped all would learn. Discomfort with this life and sin. And it wasn't enough that John wore uncomfortable clothing to preach and to teach, but he was also way out in the sticks. He was outside the royal city. He was shunning the pleasures of royalty and what money could buy to make life easy. He was willingly out in the desert. Though the roads in Jerusalem were straight, flat, and good for transportation, John was making highways, leveling mountains by the word of God. But that word that leveled mountains didn't make life easy and fast. But the word of God is meant to trip us up when we're proud. The word of God is meant to slow us down when we get too comfortable in this life. And that's precisely what John was doing. His clothes, his location, everything about John was pointing to a kingdom that had greater comforts than what Jerusalem has to offer. A greater person than any earthly king could be. John was pointing everyone to Jesus. So what did John hope the Pharisees and Sadducees would do? It would appear to the eyes that John was pushing them away. They asked for sweet, easy sermons. John called them a brood of vipers. He mocked the comforts of their life. They asked for air-conditioned churches. John said, leave Jerusalem. Come to the hot and humid, ugly banks of the Jordan River. By his very clothing, John rubbed them the wrong way. By his words, he cut them to their root. If he desired to chase the people away, he was following a recipe that any church bureaucrat would say, that's how you destroy your church. But you see, John knows that it's not his personality, it's not clothing, nor is it the location of his pulpit that ultimately draws people to God. It is God himself. It is a promise of hope and deliverance, a promise of forgiveness for sinners who know they need rescue. Because it was all about Jesus. For you, dear saints of Christ, on this, the second Sunday in Advent, we must examine our lives to watch and prepare for Christ. We must not be too comfortable here in this life. When you're tempted to be comfortable with this world and think that this is the place where everything is going to go our way, remember that's not the case. There should be a sort of discomfort here in this life. Or are you comfortable with what sin has done in this world? Are you comfortable with, with what you have done at your worst moments? Are you comfortable with the threats, the death, the murder in this world? Are you comfortable with going out to the Jordan and realizing that those very same sins are yours in heart and even in deed. 
Are you willing and ready to meet your Savior who is calling you to agonize? Your Savior who's calling you to run a race, to persevere, to give up that which hinders and slows you down in your run of righteousness. What have you been comfortable with? We need to remember we're still in our sinful flesh. We are still battling that old Adam that desires things contrary to what God says is true and good. Every one of us. And we need to ask for wisdom to know how we too often are like those very scribes and Pharisees. They considered their lineage and family connection to be enough to avoid repentance. And consider how, this, how public this repentance was at the Jordan River. Everyone would see you going out to the Jordan. There was no quiet or behind closed doors repentance. There never is. Repentance always bears fruit. The repentance that John was calling for was public. It was known by everybody. Ours should too. The scribes and Pharisees didn't want to lose their public image nor admit they needed forgiveness because they wanted to fit in. And that's why Advent is so important for us. It teaches us the reality that if we fit in too comfortably with our sin and with this world, we will neglect repentance. We will be sifted with the chaff. This is why we hear John's sermons as if he were preaching to us today because God's word is still to be listened to. What did John the Baptist hope the Pharisees and Sadducees would do after he rebuked them for coming out to the Jordan for baptism? The same thing he would hope for you and me, repentance and faith. Because the same one who was the hope for the scribes and Pharisees is also your hope. We need to prepare for Christ coming to us over and over again. Because he comes to you over and over again. He is not a God that was just out at the Jordan calling people. He is not a God that just called you once sometime long time ago. He is a God that calls you daily. To remember your baptism. Do not let those waters and the promise of baptism become too normal. For in those waters we are to daily die. In those waters we are to daily die, but rise again to walk anew. God was not calling just at the Jordan, but he comes to us over and over again in his word, but especially here in his church, a place maybe a little more comfortable than the banks of the Jordan. We're quite comfortable here, but we shouldn't be. Advent's not just about a few weeks before Christmas. It is essential of being a true child of Abraham because Advent is about dying to your sin in this world and being raised with Christ as his kingdom comes to you. So as you hear John call out, hear him calling out to you, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. That's what John said and what he still says to us today because Jesus comes. His kingdom is at hand. Don't get too comfortable with the daily life. 
Jesus advented in John's day, and he advents to us. And think about how if the people rejected John because he was too odd, too strange, how they then also would reject Jesus. Because Jesus was also rejected by man. There was nothing about him that men admired. There was nothing stately about him. No form of majesty that we should look upon him and desire him. Jesus came as John came because he is truly not of this world. And even though our sinful flesh has an an inclination to be comfortable in this life, Christ Jesus was never comfortable. He had no place to lay his head. And on top of that, he is not comfortable in leaving you with your sins. Christ came to find us as unfit as we are and to cleanse us with the waters of the Jordan that flows from his side. Christ goes to the cross to change us. He takes your sin upon himself. He becomes the outsider to God. The son becomes the one who was cast out for your sins and all that separates you from God. All that your sinful nature loves and seems to gravitate toward like a magnet. Your pride, your fitting in with this world, being too comfortable apart from God. The only sinless one becomes your sin. The one who is not comfortable with sin, he knew no sin. He takes your sin upon himself. He sinks below the surface of death. A watery grave, he died. Consider how uncomfortable it was on that cross. The physical pain is enough, but but also to know that it was being done not because you had done anything wrong. He who knew no sin became sin for us. He sank, he drowned in God's wrath so that you never would so that the water would never be too deep for you. What did John the Baptist hope the Pharisees and Sadducees would do after he rebuked them for coming out to the Jordan? The same thing he would hope for you and me. Repentance and faith. The same one who was the hope for the scribes and Pharisees is also your hope. So do not fear being uncomfortable not only in the spiritual realm of repentance, but also in this life. Do that which you fear the most. Do the hard things that stand in your way of faithfulness to Christ. Whatever that may be, you probably have a pretty good idea of what stands in your way. It's likely the very thing you asked forgiveness for in our confession and absolution. And that is precisely where we are to begin, with repentance and faith. And then bearing fruit of repentance. We are okay with being uncomfortable in this life. Because that's precisely where Christ wants us to be. Because we have the comfort of Christ, which can never be taken away. Your head will never drop below the surface. As deep as the water might look, as dark and haunting, as life and heavy as it can be, as difficult as sin can be, Jesus is there.
He sank below the surface so he could go down to the depths and bring you up. And that's precisely what he's done. In the forgiveness of all your sins, they will never haunt you ever again. And may that peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.